Welcome to the Legend of the Death Race podcast. I'm your host, Tony Matisse, and every week we share legends from past death racers on the courage, power, and wisdom it takes to conquer life's obstacles. All of us death racers aspire to inspire you to create a life past your limits. Today's legend follows the story of death racer Maggie Seymour, a native of rural Illinois. Maggie served 10 years as an active duty intelligence officer with the Marine Corps before transitioning to the reserves. As part of that transition, she ran from San Diego to Virginia Beach in 99 days and raised $100,000 for charity. She is now on a mission to run across all 50 states. She held a PhD in international studies and is a foreign service officer with the State Department. She participated in the 2014 and 2015 death races, and we are so excited to hear her legend. Maggie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I'm so stoked to hear about your uh, legend. So, you know, let's just dive in. Give us a little bit about your background. You know, tell us a little bit. Where are you from in Illinois? What, what's uh, tell us a little bit more about your occupation and your athletic background? Yeah. So uh, Alexander, Illinois is a town of about 200 people. I am related to half of them and I have probably dated the other half. Um, <laughs> it is. And I actually grew up like on a dirt road outside of town. Um, my my mom's childhood home in town um, came up for sale when we were kids. And, and my dad said, no, he didn't want he didn't want to move because he didn't want his kids growing up in the town. He didn't want his kids to be town kids. And I, I think back now to that, I'm like, there were like 100 people there, dad, you know, <laughs> wasn't exactly like the city. Um, but yeah, I think there's two or three churches, um, a bar and a post office. And, and that's about it. So grew up um, there, graduated high school, with the same 27 people I went to kindergarten with, um, very close community. Um, that's actually where I started running. Um, I played softball. Um, you can go ahead and make all the jokes you'd like, uh, about my, my masculinity or aggressiveness, but I uh, played softball in my life. And when I hit junior high, uh, we were losing like every game and I hated losing. Um, oh. and I was, you know, 13. So I was arrogant and of course blamed everyone else on the team. And someone mentioned cross country and I said, okay, I'll, I'll go off across country. Cause I thought running, that's a solo sport. You know, you don't have to rely on anyone. I can go and be as awesome as I think I am and don't have to worry about anyone holding me back. And, um, so I went out and I ran my first mile, uh, absolutely hated it. Absolutely hated it. <laughs> and I, I looked at the coach. Those and I first thought, miles are the worst. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're all, every first mile is, is the worst. Yes. To do this day, you know, but I remember I looked at my coach, George Hamilton is his name. And I said, how could anyone like this? And he said, Maggie, it's like a fine scotch. You have to acquire a taste for it, which was questionable advice for a 13 year old, um, but uh, pretty spot on. So um, grew up, graduated high school, went off to the city, as we refer to Chicago, um, went to college there. And then I, uh, my, I lost my cousin. Um, he was in the Marine Corps and he was killed in Iraq. And I um, attended his oh. funeral, obviously, and just was really, really kind of impressed by the community. There, there, were, um, there was a Marine there and I you know, walked up and um, asked, you know, how he, how he knew Devin and, and why he was there. And he said, I didn't know him. Um, I actually never met him and I'm from, you know, about three hours away. I came down to, to attend his funeral because that's what we do for Marines. And I, we left and I told my mom, I said, you know, I think I want to join the Marine Corps. And of course my mom's like, okay, sure. I also wanted to be an ice skater and a surgeon and I don't know, NASA or something, whatever. I had a whole <laughs> yeah. conglomerate of, of, of dreams. Um, but I did. And it was, you know, really for that community. I wanted to be part of 
I know I'm supposed to say it's like patriotism and I love my country and all that. I do, but it was mostly because I wanted to be part of something um, that, you know, when I, when I die 40, 50, 70 years from now, that people who never knew me show up because we, you know, wore the same uniform and we, we did the same kind of, we underwent the same kind of struggle. So that was really cool to me. And that brought me um, all the way here. So I, I transitioned off active duty in 2017 and a couple years prior, I had met a woman who was a cocktail waitress from um, Orange County. And everything you would think of when you think of cocktail waitress from Orange County, blonde, really gorgeous, um, really kind of whip smart, funny, and just a total hippie. And I ran with her for a day. She was running across the country. I ran with her for a day, actually on her birthday. And I thought to myself, like, yeah, I want to do that. Um, and so I did. So in 2017, I um, ran across the country and transitioned to the reserves. And it was kind of my way to reconnect to the country, reconnect to like the rural areas that I was, I'd grown up in and just reconnect to the people and, and serve the, serve those communities that had served me. You know, when you, when you're in the military, you're, you're moving every three years, it's hard to set up and shop. And if you grow up in a small town, that's critical. And so there were a mm -hmm. couple couple organizations that had really supported me throughout my career. And I wanted to get back to those. So that, that brought me here. Is that all of the questions? Is that one of my, what am I forgetting? Yeah, no, I think you got like the whole background uh, and everything. So that's, it's incredible. And thank you for your service. My father was also Marine and uh, I've often heard about, you know, the tight knit community that it is. I mean, it's just no matter how long ago you got out, it doesn't matter. You're still a Marine. So unfortunately, I, or unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I was very close to going in at one point, but um, we won't go down that road. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I guess the next question is, is how old are you now and how old were you when you competed in the death race? So I was, I just turned to, uh, 34. I'm 34 uh, now. And I would have been me too. Oh, hey, <laughs> um, I'm a cancer baby. So I just had my, my birthday last month. Um, I shoot how 28, I was 28 and 29. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The races? Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. And happy belated. Um, so how did you discover this crazy thing called the death race and, and what drew you to it? Uh, the internet, um, where all crazy ideas live now. Um, I think someone sent it to me. It's, it, this is, you know, this is the Marine Corps way, um, or uh, really the ultra runner or adventure racer way too. It's like, you just kind of one up somebody. Someone says, Hey, let's go run a marathon. Like oh, a marathon, 50 K like 50 K 50 miler. Um, and I think someone had sent it to me. It was, I, it was an article about like old, old years where, you know, the whole thing like, oh, you, the only thing you sign is a waiver that says you may die. Um, and someone had sent it to me. And I remember looking it up on like the desktop and thinking, OK, yeah, I'll do that. Um, and I, I had a couple of, I had a friend who was doing it, Dave Mick from Virginia Beach. Okay, I, yeah. I, somehow I'd figured or he had told me or got a hold of me. And I say, are you, are you doing this death race thing? He said, yeah, um, it's a team thing. Grab a partner and uh enjoying said okay and i had a good friend eric hovey at the time and god bless that man he um kind of just jumped into whatever i might suggest and so i said hey, there's this death race thing in vermont and he said cool like what are the dates and i said here you know he said all right let's do it and so we, we signed up that's that's awesome yeah uh we need to get david on the show we haven't had david mick on here yet um so i'll listen to that episode yeah that'd be good so <laughs> 
going on your story, which you said you we already talked about it, it was 2014 and 2015. Mm-hmm. So yep. so what was the why though? Why would you want to go do this? I mean, you've already done the Marine Corps. You've done like really really crazy hard stuff where you literally may die. Like why would you want to go do something like the death race? Yeah, I wish I had some sort of like spiritual or motivational reason for that. Um, I don't. It was literally just because it was out there. Yeah. Um, just because I mean, you I can. Guess, I, yeah, exactly. Because it was an option. Um, someone told me about it. That's kind of how I've made all my major life decisions. But, you know, it's that it's the, I guess the two quotes about like why climb Mount Everest because it's there. Um, not that death race is, is Mount Everest, but same concept. And then Scott Jurek has the same quote, uh, um, uh, a similar quote that his dad just told him, sometimes you just do things like you, there's no, there's no real why maybe there is, you're just not conscious of it. But I mean, it was, it wasn't a big contemplative decision. It wasn't to prove anything. It was just because someone had mentioned it and sent it to me. And I thought, yep, why not? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And so did you, I guess prior to like signing up for the death race, did you, were you already training? Were you already like, you know, doing things? And then, once you signed up, what did you start doing to train for this thing? I mean, I grew up in the Midwest, so I think that's, I think that's the training. Um, no, I, I mean, I was running, I was doing CrossFit at the time. Um, I was doing ultra, ultra running and hike. I mean, the Marine Corps obviously hikes and, and obstacle courses and stuff like that. Um, I don't, I think I did a feats of strength once. It was a Dave Mick original as well, or Dave Mick recommendation as well with his, his now wife, we, which included like, um, climbing Mount Everest on one of those Versa climbers. Okay. Um, but it, I don't remember creating any like in training plan. I had asked Dave and he said, you know, the, someone told me the best thing that they ever did was wash dishes for like six months just cause it was so monotonous and boring and just repetitive. Like it's you know, and, and he's telling me, it's like, it's not a, it's not physical as much as it can. You just kind of sit in suffering for extended periods of time. And, um, I thought, yeah, I can do that. So, um, I didn't, I probably should have, that's probably why I didn't um, make it to the end for the first year, (laughs) but, uh, we'll get to that, I guess. Um, Yeah. Yeah, we will. Yeah. So, so going into this, did you have any fears? Did you, was there anything that you were worried about or nervous about or anything? not making it back to work on Monday. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I, I drove up and someone was telling me about, uh, you know, the Marine Corps is pretty, pretty cool about stuff, but not showing up is not one of them. Um, even if it is for an endurance event, but yeah, I think that was, that was really it. I, that's I fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cause like, you know, like they can make it go as long as they want. And so yeah, that, yeah. That, and I'm like, legitimate I fear, especially when you've got, to go report to your office. Yeah, like UA. Like, yeah, it's not really one of the challenges I'm up for this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so let's let's dive into this race. Uh, especially let's start with the 2014 one experience. What was it like? Paint me a picture. Hmm. Let me let me try. I, don't, I feel like I black out so much of this. Um. So yeah. So we got there. You know, it was a team thing. I had I had uh, Eric Covey um, was my partner. It was the Explorer theme. Um, and so, and, and driving up there, I had, I had picked up someone who was riding, um, as well. 
think I got a speeding ticket in Delaware or something. And I like, you know, got out, I was trying to find my driver's license. I, I popped the trunk and it's like, there's a hatchet and the cops just looking at me. I'm like, no, that's fine. You know, I'm, I, I'm not even sure I was wearing pants at the time, but, um, I got, I got a warning. I don't know if it was because of the hatchet or the no pants thing, but, um, <laughs> made it up there, uh, met up with Dave, Mick. He was with Dave Megita, um, who I, uh, that was the first time I had met him. Um, and we just were kind of like brainstorming, trying to figure out like, why, you know, why do we have these things? What are we going to need to do? What can we do last minute and prep? Um, and, you know, showed up the next, I guess the next morning to start and we had base camp. Um, Dave's wife, Kelly, uh, was there to support. She was awesome. And then we just kind of started it. And it was, you know, the race was, was pretty cool at the beginning because it was like, it was, a, I mean, it was a team sport, right? So we had, I was not the strongest, um, or most, most physical, or even probably not even the most, um, you know, endurance tested person on that team. Um, but it, it really felt like once we got in the groove, we were helping each other, you know? So uh, the first thing I remember was like the rock carry where I allegedly broke Dave Mick's finger, um, but that <laughs> in a court of law, um, despite his lawyer background. Um, but you know, moving that, it was like, it was like problem solving. It was fun. You know, it was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not strong enough to carry this rock up, but I know how to make a net or I know how to tie knots. I know how to like drag things. Um, and it was really cool to like meet people and to, to be with the people that were like, you know, I'll help. Like I'll, I'll help. Yeah, I got it. It's early. You're, you're supposed to like, keep, you know, keep your energy and like lay low and do, what is it they call a gray man and, and go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I just met people that just were like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. Like I'll help. Like, yeah, you know, you're, you're, you're going to be exhausted at some point, you know, you'll get it back. Um, and it was really cool. And like, you know, building, building stuff felt really cool. It felt like, like work, you know, and that, and that's something I can do. Um, then we, we headed out for the hike, which was, um, pretty brutal, but, but also pretty cool. Like he was, you know, we were walking pretty fast and I think at some point Makita started running and I'm yelling at him to slow down. I turned my ankle three or four times. We had to do like that cup puzzle, which was kind of wicked. Um, but it was like thinking stuff, you know, it wasn't all just kind of brute force and then nightfall hit nightfall is, you know, my, it's like, I don't know if you're a Harry Potter fan, but it's like the Dementors come and it's like, it's never going to rise. Like, I know, I know that every day for 30 years, like that sun has come up, but it's like, there's that part of you that that night you think, nope, it's not going to come up today. You know, that's, this is the day it all ends. And, um, we were doing the buckskin, right. And so we had, Oh yes, I, remember I, that. I had, yeah, I had approached, you were in 2014, right? Cause I feel yeah, like I met up with that, you at some point. Mm-hmm, that buckskin almost made me want to quit. Cause I was just like, fuck this. I don't want to do this. Like, make all again make all the gender jokes you want but like i was like yeah i'll sew i can yeah. sew at this you know um and i had adopted the the method of like pack as little as possible and just deal with it later you know it's kind of like um it's kind of like ocs in the marine corps you're gonna get yelled at something so you might as well get something out of it and yeah. so for me it was like i'm not spending i'm not dropping 350 dollars on buckskin that is heavy and weighing me down. I'm not. So I got, I had the little string stuff. Cause I was like, Oh, if they yell at me, okay, well then that's, that's what I'll take my hit on, you know? Right. Um, and I think the Dave's had maybe Dave, Nick, I think had, had, had to drop out at that point. I mean, his finger was like, 
looked like a purple sausage. Um, <laughs> but I think he gave us some of his, he had like the, the fake buckskin, like the cloth stuff. And then Mickey yeah, made yeah. some, and I had some, um, a pretty good sewing kit. And so I, at the same time, I think is when we were trying to drop the porcupine quill through the log. Yep. Yeah. Well, I found a log with a hole in the middle and it was like, <laughs> just seeing those judges faces when I, I gave that to him, they're like, how'd you do that? What? And they're like doing it again, you know, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know, man, it's a trick. Um, <laughs> so amazing. I was like, all right, you two, Dave, Eric, you guys saw also like division of labor, you know, I, I learned about this in school. I can do this. So I was sewing, um, and what was it? 144 stitches or something. something. You had to have it was 104 or eight or something like that. Yeah. 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 So I think I, I think I got Magia's done. He got, he got cleared, you know, no problem. I got mine done. I went to go. And the lady was like counting the stitches and like really giving me grief. And I'm like, this is bullshit. Can we cuss on this? this is, yeah. This is, oh, yeah. Like, this is bullshit. Like you just let Dave go. And I sewed that shit too. Like, no, this is fine. Like, it's 144 stitches. Like you want to count them, you know, and it's midnight. And, <laughs> um, so, Eric, you know, we, we got out of that and we started doing the hike. Uh, and that, I mean, I think, I think on the hike up, we got sun, we got sunrise, which was really cool. And it was to wherever Norm was where you needed the bucket. And again, I bought like a little collapsible bucket or no, it wasn't even on the packing list. It was just highly yeah, recommended. Yeah, there was, so was like, there was, not, yeah, there was no bucket on that list it. that year. Cause I remember <laughs> that was the, and year everyone's like, how, bucket how bucket bucket bucket. sharing. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm like, I'm not doing it. So they were like, it's 2000 burpees or whatever. And they said, okay. Um, so a burpee, what are the, what are the components of a burpee? And Norm's like, well, you you know, chest has to hit the ground. You have to get up and you have to, your feet have to leave there. I'm like, okay. Those are the components. As long as we meet those components. And so he says, okay, yeah. So I came up with the genius idea of deconstructed burpees. So basically you lay on the ground and you tap your, tap your chest on the ground about a hundred times. You get up and you jump about a hundred times. That's a hundred burpees. You know, I don't know how, why. I, <laughs> I remember, I remember seeing you all doing this and I was like, what the hell? They look like a bunch of dead fish. Like, what are they doing? <laughs> And you guys yeah. are all kind of like flopping on the ground and like doing like your little broken up burpees. And I was like, whatever. He's, I mean, that's that's how you got to do it. You got to play the game. Well, you know, because so that was your idea. Like, yeah, Eric's like, this ain't gonna fly, Maggie. I'm like, okay, well then let him tell us it's not. But like, that's the whole thing is like cheat. You know, that's the Marine Corps way. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. So, um, so we're trying it, and then there's a couple other guys, and they're kind of looking at us like, no way. And Norm's laughing. I don't know what he was thinking. But then, like, slowly but surely, like, two or three other people join us. I met up Justin Atterbury, um, who I'm still friends with to the day. <laughs> He's like, all right, I'll give this a go. Uh, and so we did, and, and we, we wrapped it up. We walked back, and I think I made some flower crowns or something, because um, who knows, at that point, I was probably slightly delirious. Um, and we get back to the, the station, and I think we're heading out for something, and I, I noticed that my, my bladder is empty. Like I don't have water in my, in my bladder and I'm like, ah, oh, crap, I'll just go out again. So we went out and Eric's looking at me. He's like, you got to drink some water, Maggie. I said, okay. Um, and someone ah, had a kill cliff, whatever, some energy drink. And I was, I was drinking that. Eric said, Hey, can I have a drink of that? I said, Oh yeah, sure. So I'm drinking out of Eric's bag for two hours, you know, and he asked for a drink and I hand it to him, takes a drink and hands it back to me. And I was like, <sighs> he's like, what? And I said, okay, this is going to sound ridiculous because I know that we like, we've been sweating and spitting all over each other. We've been drinking out of the same bladder and I don't have any way to say this, 
but the only way I know, can you suck your fishies? And he was like, are you fucking kidding me, Maggie? You're 28 years old. You want me to suck my fishies? I'm like, yeah, get your, get your spit out of the cup, man, out of the can, dude. And he's looking at me. He's like, you've been drinking after me. I'm like, yeah, but I, that's where I put my tongue. And if I put my tongue there and your warm spit there, I'm going to throw up. And he's like, are you? And he's like, starts yelling at me. And at that point, Dave makes like, oh, man, we got to break these two up. So he comes over. And he's like, I knew it was serious because. Maggie yells all the time, but Eric never yells back. And Eric was like yelling at me, like, you're being ridiculous. I'm like, fuck you, I don't care. And so somewhere around that time was, was land nav, right? So I'm like, I got this. I could do land nav. And uh, I think uh, Megita at that point looked at me. He's like, I'm sorry. Like, I got to I gotta go. Like, and I think his exact quote was something like, uh, sometimes a stallion's got to run. And I could not roll my eyes hard enough. I was like, yeah, Dave, take away with you. <laughs> Um, it, you know, I was teasing him the whole time. I, Cause I, I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know him. I had never done a Spartan race before. I didn't really know, um, like the community, but it was like, I was like hanging out with the prom King. Like everyone knew him, you know? So like you're, yeah. we're hiking and it's like, Hey, Megiddo. He's like, Hey man, good to see you. And I'm like, dude, you don't know any of these people, do you? And he's like, no, no, I know like five, you know? And I'm like, God, you're such, a, I, I just thought he was such a, pretty boy prom king then i was like yeah, yeah get get out like you're fine you know you're welcome for the you know loincloth dude like have a good run um so he took off and and then eric and i were doing land nav and, and we we chose you know the shortest distance because we're like we're on a time hack and like we know how to do we know how to do land nav and i think that's where we met up with you is that one really super steep box mm-hmm. that um that you actually led us to. I was super confident I could do it. And then you guys came along. I was like, I'm not so super confident. Let's follow this guy. <laughs> was um, the ravine, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, and, you know, we got back from that. Um, I, I mean, I know there are some other tasks mis- mixed in there. I just don't really remember them or the order. Um, but then we got up to the, the yoga position, which are, you know, stress positions that they use for enhanced interrogations. And it was the the quiz, right? So you get up there and you get a quiz, which I still you, have to say. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? On the stress positions? Yeah, because I've never yeah. heard of it referred to in that sense. So yeah, yeah, I'd yeah. Like to hear um, that's this. what they do to prisoners in Guantanamo Bay. And so we get up there. They say jump, dump out your packs, right? So this is this is a thing. We get up to the you know where there's a bunch of people standing around, nobody's talking, and Eric and I are like. What's going on? And I'm like yelling at Eric, like, we got to hurry. We got to get to the next step, you know? And Eric's like, dude, chill out. Like we're here all day. So we get up there, you know, there's a good group of people. I see all like the, the leaders are up there. Nobody's talking like what's going on there. Dump your packs. So, okay. I've done this before. They do this at, at OCS all the time. So I like, you know, pack a few of my important stuff, like in the inner pocket, and then I like make a really big showing of like shaking my bag, you know, like, oh, I got it all out. And then like I had a couple things under some rocks. So I'm good. Eric does the same thing. And they give us the test. They say, OK, here's your test. You got 25 questions. It's a matching. You got to match the person or the explorer to the to the feat that they accomplished. OK, I'm smart. I can do this. Um, and they say you can turn it in at any time. But if you turn it in and it's wrong, even one question, you're out. You're you're disqualified. OK, Um and you can you can ask, you can check your questions. You can ask one question per round. But in order to, to get in line to ask that question, you have to take a yoga pose or a relaxation pose um, for either 10, 15, 20 minutes. Depends on what it was. Um, I don't remember there being a savasana in there, um, but I remember a lot of like crows and warrior threes and all that. And then stress positions where you had to yeah. put your 
Um, I, I, the one, I remember the one you had to put your, um, your hands behind your ankles, right? So you had to like, stand like that, like that's, that's how they chain prisoners and get mo. Um, yeah, and you had the one with your like legs over your head. You had like yeah, uh, yeah. the tree, the tree pose, and like yeah. The one head, I I fell asleep. I mean, I was. Oh, I, I loved. Just, I loved that one. I was like, I'll do this all day. <laughs> like, yeah, I was like getting get that, that you good, know, get that good hamstring stretch and like yeah. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, that was, you know, that was after the whole like rolling around in the pins or whatever, and it, like it felt like recess. Like I, you know, I'm like I can do this. I did this all, you know, my entire junior high or my entire elementary school career. So, um, so the first time I thought I'd be really smart because I go, I, I don't remember what I asked some question like are like 50% of these right or something, or the top half right. And they're like, no, nah, you can't do that. So the entire idea was just to keep everyone silent, keep them from food and water and to group everyone back up. I, you know, came to find out later it was an insurance thing. You know, mm-hmm. totally. It's like this critical moment. And really it just boils down to insurance, you know, it's kind of anticlimactic, but they, we, they had to figure out how to drop some people fast. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're waiting. It's fine. I'll, you know, I have enough body fat to last at least a week without food. Um, and I remember there, Jake Stodgel was, was, um, was one of the volunteers offering sandwiches. And I was furious at him. It's like, I'm not debasing myself. I'm not doing squats for a sandwich. No, you like, and I hated that guy. He's a friend of mine now, but I hated him at the time. And everyone, <laughs> you know, everyone else like, I'm not a dog. You can't make me do tricks for food. Um, and, I started to get a little annoyed. Like, you know, some of the volunteers were kind of doing the like drill instructor thing. And I kind of thought to myself, like, yeah, I don't know. This isn't my thing, but I'll just, I'll just be quiet and like, you know, keep going. And then I saw a couple people got dropped out. I saw a couple people really like break, like freak out and like start screaming, throwing things like, you know, this isn't safe. A couple, a couple of the racers like broke down crying. And so then yeah. I started thought like, man, maybe this isn't good. Like, we, people do this like at boot camp and, and stuff, but those are my trained people who know what they're doing. Like, I'm not sure that, you know, college sophomore who ran a death race once is, is equipped to like try to mentally break down people. I don't know. She kept saying I, some, something mean to me, just kind of like that berating kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Listen, like I had a dad, there's nothing you can say that's going to make me feel, you know, like <laughs> any more, worse about myself. So I see, I see, you know, Dave makes is make is out. I see Megita at some point he's out and I'm trying to ask like what happened. And I guess he got kind of tricked out. And, um, and then I see Eric Covey, like he's like getting his bag. And so I'm clapping like, what, Eric, what the hell? Like, what, how did you get dropped? And I asked him and I'm trying to sign to him, you know, cause I know sign language. Well, that only works if the other person knows sign language. So yeah. he's, he's like, what are you talking? He's like, well, you know, I have my phone. They made me dump my bag and. I'm looking at him and I'm like, well, all my, like my team's out. So I just said, all right, fuck it. I'm out, you know, took my jersey off. And then that was, that was kind of the end of the, the race. Um, and we actually, I think Eric had to get home. He had a flight too. So he's like, yeah, I'm done with this. This isn't what I, you know, thought I, I got, you know, I got what I needed and, or whatever. And he was out and I think I had a, a, oh, I was waiting for my, my, my road trip partner to get done. Um, so Dave and I actually hung out and like helped. We, we helped with a couple of folks. We brought them some like electrolytes and did some rolling out and kind of supported from the sidelines. Um, but yeah, that was end of, that was the end of 2014. Yeah. And so how did you feel about that? Like ending and, and uh, what brought you back in 2015? 
I felt fine. I mean, yeah. it wasn't, I, I don't remember feeling disappointed. I probably was, but it was, you know, it was one of those things. Like I, I didn't have any goals going into it. Um, mm-hmm. I just wanted to hang out with my, my friends and do something kind of tough and, and challenging. Um, and I, I felt a little bit like the, it was kind of bullshit. Like this wasn't exactly like they're dropping people. Like, you know, yeah. if, if these, if I'm looking at athletes that are way better than me and they're getting kicked out because of big, you know, said yes or no, or like, made right. wings. I'm like, yeah, is this really like the tough death race? Like if you want to make it tough, make it tough, like drop people because they can't hang. Don't drop people because they got tricked into saying something. So, um, I, I didn't, I wouldn't, didn't really care about it um, too much. And then in the little group of us four, we had kind of, you know, at first been like, Oh, what do you think? Go back next year. And they're all like, no, fuck no. Like, absolutely not. And I'm like, all right, fine. Like, fuck no, I'm not. And then I think at some point, I saw Dave McGee had signed up and I was like, well, I guess if Dave's going back, I'll go back. So same thing. It was just like, yeah, give it another go. Uh, let's try it again. Um, so yeah, then I did. Awesome. And so how did, how did the 2015 death race compare and how did that go? Awesome. Yeah. I mean, like it was, yeah, it was really, really cool. It was miserable and fun and just like, I mean, I was just laughing and cursing the entire time. So like, that's, I mean, a good race. Right. So. Yeah. That and that's was, the, that's the journey, right? Yeah, that, yeah. The journey. No, no that was uh, the, life. The life, life. life. Yeah. So, I mean, that was like, we show up and then they're like, Ooh, yeah, actually it starts in three hours. Like show up. So like we're running around trying to get whipped cream, right. At, like some convenience store in nowhere, Vermont, which is probably not great to start with. And then when it sits in your pack for like 48 hours before you throw it in your face, it's yeah. salmonella or something. But yeah, so we show up middle of the night, there's like the standard burpees and rock building and the free labor that Joe gets um, every year in death race. Uh, and so ridiculous. Then, yeah, such, yeah. Such a, such a, good strategy from his for his side <laughs> Racket. Um, and i'm looking like you know i i grew up in that place where people do that for a living and i'm like man i paid to do this like what i could have stayed home and got a paycheck for this shit um but yeah so we you know i, I remember all the kind of the night stuff the burpees with your pack on and you know, building stuff and then we show up and it's you know 9 a.m and everyone's there and okay now here's where we start life right and at first it was like you had to hike to this river freezing cold, get in. Um, and that was your birth, right? Everyone had to get in. So then it's like immediately you could see like the mind games. They're just trying to get people mad at other people. Like they're just trying to get people yelling at other people, get the fuck in, man. Like I'm freezing. I've been in here. And you, and you have the people that have been in there for 30 minutes that are like, uh, you just got here. I'm in here and get in here. And, um, I'm like, man, this is, um, this is good. Like you gotta, cause the, the only way you get through this is with other people is just shared yeah. mystery. But if you're just looking to blame the next guy or looking how much worse you have it than the next guy, like you're not going to make it. Like you're going to struggle so hard. Yeah. Yeah. One, you're probably, you're probably going to quit. And two, even if you don't, God, it's going to be miserable for you. Like just settle, like just settle in like shit. You got there first. You're getting screwed right now. Like someone else will get screwed later. That's part of the game. Like that's just how this works. You can't hate on someone else because they're not getting screwed as, as much as you like, so, and I mean, I, again, like I got extra body fat. I, I remember on the plane ride there, I had asked Dave if he was doing any workouts and stuff. He said, yeah, I'd been doing some, you know, death race specific workouts. He's like, honestly, though, I've just been trying to gain weight. And Mag's like, I just can't put any weight on. And I wanted to just slap him across the face. So I was like, yeah, is that hard for you? Um, 
but you know, cold didn't bother me that much, a little shivery, but I just peed a little bit and like snuggled up to somebody. I'm sorry that those two things happened right by each other, but um, <laughs> then we had the, you know, the birth, right? So you get up and you walk out and it's like, Oh, here's going to do the first steps. And we're going to tie you guys together. And, and we had, I had, um, Nikita, Patrick, um, uh, a woman named, um, Chi, um, a couple from San Diego and then, um, another guy named Kevin. We, I think that was my team. I think that was it. Um, tied us all together and they said, take off your clothes. Um, which is like, you know, typical Saturday night. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember I was wearing short enough shorts that they were like, yeah, that's fine. Um, so it wasn't that, that big of a difference. And they said, all right, take your shoes off, drop everything. You get to have your life jacket and, you know, like some food and water. So, okay. Um, and they're like, we're going to, you know, going to go for a hike. And I thought for sure, barefoot hike, I'm like, oh, they're going to march us to the end of the road and see who quits. And like, that's it. All right. I can do this. Ow, this hurts. But, you know, we're walking along and it's like every 30 seconds, someone's like, fuck. And someone would say, what? What was it? Stepped on a rock. And it was just like that <laughs> 32 hours. It was always the same thing, you know, like, it's always, Oh, would you do stepped on a rock because I'm walking barefoot through the Vermont wilderness. Like what else do you think it is, man? Oh, it's, <laughs> um, and it, what, and it was just that for, for I think 32 miles, 18 hours or something. It was just like, we were hiking barefoot. We thought for sure this was okay. Now they're not going to do it again. We get to the end. And I'd say, Hey, what's next? And so, you know, one of the volunteers would just say another five miles. And it was just like, we'd just laugh. Like my entire team would just laugh. Like, damn, that's good. That's a good, that is good. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I was thinking back to this, the, this book by this guy who's a jackass, but the book is really good, um, about seal training, about buds training and about how, you know, the, the, the first time that they really drop people isn't like any, isn't during any sort of like hard work. It's during sunset on like the third day where mm -hmm. they come all in line on the beach and say, look at the sun, like there it goes. And it's not, it's not the hard part. It's the knowing what's coming next. It's the, it's that moment. It's like, you feel like you have a window to just get the fuck out of this. And so many people took it every time we'd, every time we'd stop and circle up, you know, you just, people say, Nope, I'm out. I'm done. You know? And I'm like, this is the, this is the break. Like you can't quit yeah. during the break, man. Like quit. Yeah. I guess maybe if you middle of the forest, you got to walk back. But um, you still ain't got no shoes. But still, like, you still <laughs> got to walk all the way back. So like, why quit? You might as well just keep going. Like that's it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, but it's just like all but right. It always happens. Always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's the min It's just the mental thing. It's the mm -hmm. doing hard shit is not that hard. It's thinking about doing hard shit that's hard. Yes. It's think. It's like that moment right before you're like, God, I can't do this, and all that fear and like self doubt and just like, oh man, this is gonna hurt. Like this is really gonna hurt. So we finished up. There's um, there was a Bible verse which crazy enough years later, I like cracked open a Bible, which is not something I do regularly. Um, and it was to that verse. And I thought to God, I was on a cruise ship somewhere, like, and had a little too much rosé and, uh, I cracked open the Bible and I was like, no shit, went and woke up this, this guy I was on the cruise with, um, who had just met was a friend cause he had bought internet, you know, it's 4am. He's not a drinker. I'm drunk. I'm banging on his door. And he opens and he's buck naked. I'm like, you're naked. He's like, yeah, it's 4 a.m. It's my room. Like, what do you want? And I'm like, I need to use your internet. And he's like, why? And I was like, I solved the world. 
And he's like, what? And I was like, no, I got to tell someone. So it's like, I'm texting all the people in my group. I'm like, you'll never believe what just happened. I was super drunk. I opened up the Bible and it came to the verse that we had. It was like 50, it's the verse 57. I don't remember what chapter or whatever, but I just, it was right there. That's the first page I opened up to. And I think this means I have to run across the country barefoot. And they're all like, dude, put the bottle down, go to bed. You're ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, so we, we, you know, we finished the hike. Everyone's still in it. Everyone's still in good spirits the whole, you know, the whole time we're walking and every once in a while, like Dave or, or someone turn around, want to hear a dead baby joke? <laughs> like completely inappropriate. Like just the most, I mean, like pretty, just your mind just is going someplace that you're just like, yeah, what do you got? Give me something to shock me back into reality. Cause I'm just like off. So we finished that and then we come to a point where they threw all our packs into the pond and we got to get our packs. I'm like, all right. And at some point, one of the women on our team was like, I'm done. And it was, it was, this was probably the coolest thing because it happened to probably everyone on our team. Um, and this was just the moment where she's like, I'm not, I'm not going back in that water. It's cold. There's leeches. Like this is miserable. I'm not doing it. And she was like, started to take her, her, her Jersey off to turn it in. And it was like our entire team, like dog piled her. We're like, no, absolutely not. You're not going to do that. You're not, you know, no, you're not quitting. Like I'll go in, I'll get your pack, like whatever it was. And it was just so cool because, you know, seven hours later, like she literally pulled me out of the mud. I was like crying. I was like, I'm done. You know, and she's my competitor. Like she's the person, like we're technically trying to beat each other. She stopped, she turned around, she walked me through it. She like literally pulled me out of whatever disgustingness I was in. So it's like, those moments of, of where it's more important to beat them than it is to beat each other. Like that's a well done death race. Um, yeah. So then, um, want me to keep going? Yeah, absolutely. So we get done, um, with the swamp, the leeches You're like, all right, we're all wet. Everything's ruined. Got it. And they're like, eat, you know, you gotta eat your whipped cream. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I remember hearing about this. So gross. And it was so like lumpy and <laughs> pretty sure there was some leech shit in there. I don't know if leech is shit, but it, they, it was in there. And I'm like, it, Dave's just looking at me. I'm like, dude, just put this, I don't know, like hold your nose and take it like a shot. So we down that. And then we go to school and it was like, it was awesome because school was like, uh, it was like the Marine Corps. Like you, you're doing all this stuff and all it, all they're trying to do is get you to focus on stuff. And it's like, for, like forward rolls. I mean, we're doing crawls. And so basically you, it's like a triangle. They had a triangle set up in this field and you, and you have to go from station to station. There's one station that you have to like dunk under this like gross muddy stuff for whatever grade you're in. So kindergarten, it's one dunk, first grade two, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then you go to class and class is just, you sit in front of a cone and it's like a, a traffic cone. And on that cone is a piece of paper and it's got stuff written on it. And that's, you know, like, and you're trying to memorize it and you're trying to think like, what are they going to test me on? Like, is this going to be, are they going to test me on that like little symbol in the corner up there? Like, is that what they're trying to get us to memorize? And you can sit there for as long as you want. Right. So that's the trick is like, don't get too arrogant because the next, the next station is the test. And so you, you sit in front of your kindergarten cone, you do cartwheels to your test, and then they ask you a question. Right. So I think the first one's like your alphabet's backwards. So that's totally fun. There was one question I think I missed and it was like the laws of physics, but it, it has another name, whatever it was. The guy before me was the, the Swiss guy or the German guy, the blonde. Um, gosh, I can't remember his name, but whatever it was, he had the same answer as me. And because I don't know, he's got an accent, like he's believable. 
And yeah. because I was saying it with such force and confidence, he's like, the, the volunteer was like, is that accurate? I'm like, yeah, that's actually the truth. And, she, and they're like, oh, okay, well, you passed then. You know, like I, I missed the question. I had not said the right word. Um, but because, you know, the European had said it, I was like, I'll take it. Um, but I ended awesome. up yeah, <laughs> just and that's. I mean, again, that's the, I hate to say that the Marine Corps taught me so much, but whatever you say, just say it with enough confidence where you believe, like, even if yeah. it's super bullshit. With so we get yeah. to the, yeah, yeah, we get to the part where they, and it kind of reminded me again of the silent, the silent game where they were holding people up until someone could recite the poem, recite the, um, the Rudyard Kipling poem. Um, and I was comfortable enough. I think I was on like my last grade that I was like, I can hang out in here for a while, but I, I felt really bad because there were people, you know, that had skipped a grade or, or whatever. And I think we had lost the, the, the couple from San Diego the, the guy had started throwing up on one of the somersaults. And so he was, he was pulled and, and his wife um, dropped as well to, to take care of him. But um, it was that same thing where people are yelling at each other. You know, it's like the one woman's like, no, I can do the poem. And um, someone else is like, no, if you can't really fucking do it, then don't do it. You know? And it's just like, just fighting at each other. And I'm like, yeah. just like, let's whatever they are doing, just hang out. Like, don't let them do this. You know, don't let them turn us on each other. And it was very much, I felt like a us against them thing. And so we somehow, we got out of that. Um, and we, we'd finished school and there was like four of us that finished right around the same time. The last one was like a leaf thing was like, I had to memorize the leaves of certain trees. And then you went to gym and it was one of the kids, one of the, um, I can't remember if it was Joe's kid or whatever. And, um, we, she's like, we're going to do cartwheels. I'm like, all right, girl, let's do it. You know? <laughs> and at first it was super cute because she was like really tough. You know, she was like, like, I, I'm tough. I'm not going to like laugh with you. And she started doing cartwheels and she was smiling and laughing with me. And <laughs> it was really, it was like a little break of like, all right, let's, you know, nobody take themselves too seriously. And, and I think Joe said something about, like, are you in the lead? And, and someone said, yeah, that's the leader. And he said something about the glass ceiling. He's like, yeah, break that glass ceiling. So I'm feeling pretty arrogant right now. You know, I'm pr- pretty confident. Um, I think, oh, before that was the stacking wood. So I think we, we went to work, right? So I was, I was like, Dave, hurry up. Let's, we'll get to work. Right. And the first thing that they do, you have to go pick a rock. That's a third of your body weight. My, a third okay. of my body weight at that time was 53 pounds, which is the size of a kettlebell. So, so we're picking out rocks. I'm like, Dave, take this rock. And uh, I actually, I listened to his episode of the podcast and he does not tell this story correctly because he, <laughs> he, he, you know, weighs it. And he's like, here, is this me? is this my weight? And I was like, ah, no, I think it's a little light. And he's like, okay, okay. So he grabs another rack and he's like, this one, I was like, yeah, we're not, we'll be good. And says, my, is mine good. 53 pounds. Think of a kettlebell. Is this what you swing? And he kind of like did a fake swing. He's like, yeah, yeah, this is right. <clears throat> it wasn't right. Um, his was right. And he like weighs himself or I weighed myself and it was like a pound short or some shit. I was so pissed. Uh... There's like 250 burpees and none of that bullshit, fake burpees, real burpees. And I'm furious. And Dave gets on the scale and his is perfect. It's like a pound or two over and pumps his fist in the air and throws his rock down. He's like, fuck yeah. And he turns around and looks at my face and I'm like, we're done. We're not friends anymore. Don't ever speak to me again. You sell. And this wasn't, this was not like a funny death race. Like, hey, fuck you. Yeah. this was like, I was really, I was like, that, that he's the most selfish guy in the entire world. He's such a prima donna. I hate this man. I'm never talking to him again. Um, and he's just like, sorry, Mags, I got to go. Right. So he takes off on the time trials and we're, um, I was with Chi. She had to do the 250 burpees too. And again, she's watching, she's like, just Maggie, it's cool. Like you, you haven't lost much. Like a lot of people are going to fuck this up. It's fine. 
except for then I go to get rocks and I end up with like had to be over a hundred pounds in my damn pack. And it was oh. like, I picked it up and I was like, God damn. And I, I linked up with Ella at that point and I didn't know Ella at all. Um, and she was like, all right, like stranger, like you and me, let's go. I'm like, okay. So we, we get through the mud part. We, we kind of sneak around. There's like a log on the side and we kind of sneak around that. And it's just like, I'm just not, I'm not going to, I'm like, I could take one or two steps. I mean, I had rocks like coming out of my ears almost. And then I just had a bucket of rocks. Like I just had a bucket of like three rocks that I'm like trying to like bear hug and like slamming around my knees. I'm like trying to put on my shoulder. Like it's just, I mean, I'm taking like a step, drop the bucket, step, drop the bucket. And I'm like, there's no way I'm going to get a mile. And Ellen and I had convinced ourselves, we're like, oh, I bet it's just like, make it this one mile, right? Like, you just got to do this one loop. <clears throat> also wrong. Oh. Um, and I mean, that was just, that was my breaking point. Like, I was in the mud crying. Norm was laughing at me, like, just laughing hysterically. I was like, I'm going to get out of this mud. I'm going to punch you in the face. I don't care. He is, yeah, he is like the most evil cat. Cruel, cruel, you know? And again, like, and Dave's just yelling. He's like, calm down. I'm like, I can't fucking calm down, Dave. I'm in the middle of a goddamn it's sinking mud. It's sinking. I'm going to die in here. Meanwhile, there's like a guy over there. He's like, I've been here for like three hours. You might actually die in here. Like, <laughs> And again, you know, and then at that point, like Dave turns around. He's like, you're going to stay calm. You're going to take a deep breath. You're going to follow my footsteps and I will pull you out of this. So it's, you know, like, again, literally friends pulling you out of this. Um. So and then at some point, you know, I broke down. Someone came over and they're like, Hey, like you're, you're in the lead for women, but not for long. Like you got to get back out there. And I was like, I can't go back out there. Like I, I'm not in a good space right now, you know? And he's like, you got to get back out there. He's like, where, where's, what did he say? He's like, where's Dave? Where's your partner? Go like, Dave will convince you to go back out there. And I'm screaming at this point. I was like, I am not good. I am not. And you, you know what? If fucking Makita tells me to go back out there, I'll go back out there. He'll tell you I'm going fucking crazy out there. And he was like, yeah, man, she needs a little break. Like she needs a little rest. She needs a little sit down, like a little time out. Um, and so I took my little time out and, uh, like, I think he went on and got a couple more laps, but he came back and he's like, all right, Mags, like, you got to finish this one. Like, you got to get back out there. I'm like, all right. I peed my pants at this point. Didn't even care. Like it wasn't out of like necessity. It was just out of laziness. Like it was just, <laughs> I, I'm not, put, I'm not pulling my pants down. I'm just, gonna, you know, um, I can relate. <laughs> I was like, why, like, why I got, what, I don't know what is at this point. Who cares? It's like, why? <laughs> like my knees i still have scars on my knees from that um so we finished the time trial and it comes to the um what is it the 2500 ways to fuck up a 10 mile or whatever it is but it's like you run a quarter of a mile you do 25 exercises run another quarter of a mile do 25 exercises for like 10 miles and it's now it's a hailstorm and so it's like i'm freezing i'm just i'm just shivering and shaking and we had grouped up, uh, there's maybe four or five of us in a group. And I just couldn't, I couldn't keep up. Like I just, I was physically, I was done. And I'm like, I can kind of slog through this for, for a couple hours guys, but like, I can't do this pace that you're doing. Um, and you know, they were like, no, 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 like we'll, we'll slow down. We won't leave you. Um, and they probably did that two or three times before, like before I finally was getting angry. Cause I was like, no, all this is doing is reminding me that you're stronger than me. And I don't like that. Like just fucking mm. go leave me. Like, leave me here. Um, and then at some point they said, okay, like you, you guys can take as many breaks as you want. Like you can go to the warming tent. Um, that's up to you. It was like one of those, like make a call. And I remember being in the tent and, um, the woman, um, and now I, I knew as soon as I said it, I'd forget her name. It, it might come to be, but she wasn't in the death race. Her, um, 
um, her boyfriend was Jesse was Jesse, um, Jay something. She, but she looks at me and she said, um, are you wearing a bra? And I'm thinking to myself, like, what, what a weird question. And I was like, she's like, I'm going to take your top off. And I go, Oh, I am because this is a death race. Like I'm not going to be walking around like with my breast all flopping around. It's like, that's right, just crazy. Right. Um, but also I don't care. Like you could strip me naked in front of this like entire group of people. If you're going to do something to help me, like, thanks for asking, but you know, whatever. And she like lovingly stripped off my wet clothes and like wrapped me in this like warming blanket. And she was in one of those foil blankets. And she's like, just, just stay here. Like, don't look at any medical professionals, stay calm, like warm up, get yourself together and get back out there. Um, and I tease her cause I'm like, every time I get in a shower after a cold run, I think of that. <laughs> and you know, oh. my boyfriend, you think of a woman taking your clothes off in the middle of Vermont, like, what's, <laughs> that like you know, um, but just like those little kindnesses, you know, like just yes, a little, like someone saying, all right, I'm going to take care of you now. Like you just, you just make sure that you stay awake. And I, couldn't and I just kept remembering like go to the voice that you and the only voice I recognized was Megita's and so I'm like just listen for his voice like you're fine you're it's like I mean I'm telling myself literally like you're sane you're fine you are absolutely healthy you're not crazy um you're just tired it was like just listen to the voice stay huddled up you know and it's like I'm yelling at people like no turn around I'm cold like no you snuggle me no you snuggle me um and then at some point it was over, right? Like the sun came up, they said, all right, like only the people who finished the time, the, the top nine finishers or whatever are finishers, the rest of you, you know, thanks for coming out, uh, have a good flight home. And I think I remember some people being mad, but I was like, all right, oh, well, you know, I don't understand what that means. It's like, I didn't comprehend what that meant, you know? You're just like, what? And I'm like, all right, so we're done though. Like we're done and I didn't quit. That's it. That's all I care about. So then we're in the shed and then at some point, you know, he comes over and and um, Joe comes over and says, yeah, you know, you're all, you're all finishers. You're all official finishers. And he, uh, he like declared the nine winners and then the rest of us were finishers. So I'm like, okay, great. There was um, like a real big, you know, scuffle on Facebook for like months after people, like, no school, no finish. It's like, all right, that's great. You know, like, yeah. so I yeah, guess it's... I can take that off my resume or I don't know. Um, but, it, you know, we had to get fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's, a, it's like, I, yeah. I did it. I yeah, did the thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> great. Um, I guess I can, you know, I guess I'll have to go back and do it again. Um, but we had to dig, we had to dig holes and uh, bury the winners. Um, and that's our friends before had to write a eulogy. My friend Eric had written my eulogy. And so at some point they give us the eulogy and it was pretty cool because Eric had, um, it, that was when Supreme Court overturned do the DOMA um, policy, the Defense of Marriage Act. And so he'd like kind of slip that in because um, he knew how much I would like my political news in the middle of the Vermont wilderness. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, man, Eric, you know me well. Um, <laughs> and it, it, like, it was just cool. I just remember kind of like hanging out with with everyone and talking and standing by the fire, like a bunch of homeless people, we were dressed in funeral clothes, like in a thrift, like a thrift dress. I, for some reason decided to also put a, something in my stomach to look like I was pregnant. No <laughs> idea why. Um, <laughs> but there's this horrible picture of me with like a headlamp and it looks like a pregnant belly and like just white trash at Gore-Tex. But yeah. So um, we made it to the, you know, it was funny. We made it to the, the general store, like just in time. And then somebody had left their bag. 
whatever it was, um, the, the kind of joke was everyone on the team lost it at some point, like everyone on the team, like really lost it. Um, and Megita lost it after the race was over about a damn waffles or something. Cause he thought he wasn't gonna get his waffles. And he was outside just screaming, like, get this fucking bag out of the car. Like, where is this guy? It's so fucking rude. I'm like, Oh, you need to chill, man. Like the race is over. It's done. We'll get you some food fatty. Um, so yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was super cool. Like the, the, the second year was exactly what like I expected of the death race. I'm like, that's what I expected. Like a mix of just grit and endurance and mental physical just suffering um and then together like and it was it was really well done and i i like was really glad i did it and really glad i had the experience and really glad i met the people that i did um you know that are are still friends today so yeah that's awesome it sounds like a great experience so let's um let's (laughs) dive into a couple things so first thing i wanted to ask about was the dementors you brought up uh i want to know more about that yeah um so i you know my background is in in or my i guess my strength or my preference is endurance running so 100 k's 100 mile 100 milers um my cross-country run you know was started in july so running across the arizona desert in july is a real dumb idea um so we had to run at night and night, I've always been scared of the dark. I mean, like, oh. legitimately scared of the dark. Oh, okay. um, when I first came home from college, my mom um, had stopped leaving the outside light on because I had gone to college, you know. And I would drive up in my yard next to my side door, like, to get out. And she'd always make fun of me, you know. And um, she'd always say, like, you live in Chicago. You walk home from the bars in Chicago all the time. There's so much more crime. And I'm like, yeah, mom, here's the difference, though. Like, a criminal in Chicago wants to steal your purse, maybe shoot you. But a criminal in central Illinois or the Vermont wilderness, like men don't hide in cornfields for three weeks to steal your purse. They want to make a handbag out of your skin. So like country criminals are rare, but way more terrifying. Mm-hmm. And night is terrifying to me. Like, it, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know, I guess it's a phobia. Um, and then it's just like darkness. There's no, there's no passage of time. Like the moon comes up whenever it feels like, um, sometimes not at all. There's no way to calculate progress. Like it's like when when night falls, it feels like you're standing still. There's it, it just it feels like you'll never be happy again. It feels like right. it feels like you have no energy at all, you know. And if if you're not used to that, like you think of you think of a five gear half marathon. If you feel crappy at mile three, you're gonna feel worse at mile five. And we're and like it doesn't get better. But like with a long run and and with night runs, like you do like, you just got to tell yourself like, yeah, you feel really shitty, but, but trust me, you'll feel better. Like you may feel shitty at mile 72, but 77 is going to crush it, you know, like it's going to yeah. rock. Um, and then it's just like you, you sleep, that's just critical. Like it's just, it's critical to being a human being for, you know, they don't know why, but it is. And so at night, like everyone, everything is telling you, like, you should be asleep. Like, what are you doing? And to push through that is, it, I mean, it goes to a different like mental plane. Um, and you just, it's, you know, nights are quiet and they're dark and it's just you, like you can't see people, you can't see things like you can't, it just takes so much like on a kind of romantic level trust, you know, like you can't see the path, you can't see the things around you. You just have to trust that they're there. You have to trust that they'll come back. Um, and then you just, you're, but you're just alone with like your thoughts and you, 
can outrun them. And during the day, you can look around, you can listen to music, you can talk to people and like you can ignore whatever is like tormenting you inside. But when the night comes, like you just, it's like, give it up. Like, just let them come in, like, let, just deal with it, run side by side because like that's, that's their playtime, you know, like, it's, yeah. It's and so, how, and how, so how do you deal with like the, the, all the different demons that come out at night for you? Cause I know I, I deal with something like that, you know, and it's, it's tough, but you have to like, they have different little mechanisms to kind of to get through it. Right. What, what are yours? Um, I mean, just like the confidence that we've been here before, like, just like, let them come, like, just, you know, at some, like, stop trying to fight it. If you don't have the energy to fight it and survive it. So you just like, I always kind of think about it's su- super cliche and corny, but I was just thinking about like, Oh, there they are. Like, okay, you're with us now. You're now I'm running with you. Um, I'm never going to get rid of you. I may like make you, come less often. I may make you, um, like I really personify my, my shit, you know, but I may, I may be able to quiet you. I may make you come less often or make you stay less long. Um, but like, I can never get rid of you. And so I just have to deal with these miles are with you, you know, like, and there's, it doesn't always work. Um, you know, the, the cross country run and that points in the death race, like it, I mean, it was just like, it was miserable. I mean, it would just felt there was one point where like I broke down and it was like, I mean, I just started crying. I just like, and not crying, like really cute, like chick crap, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Failing. like the, the cows started mooing at me because they were like, what she's making a noise like us. Like she's, <laughs> I mean, just wailing. It was, um, it was day 25. I was in the desert. I had lost cell service. I hadn't been able to talk to my support driver. I was like, I, I had this mantra in my, in my mind that my, my bo- a boss had once told me that um, you only have so many fucks to give and you can't give a fuck about everything. And so like I would look at my watch and it would be like a 19 minute mile because I was just like stumbling through the desert and I'd be like, oh, can't give a fuck about that. Like you just can't, you can't care. And so like when the, when the demons come, you're just like, I can't care about you. Like I have to focus on like just getting to the next hour or the next water stop. But, you know, I was in that desert and I, I, I saw my support driver like I saw her at the end of the road and I was like, yes, it's over. And then I saw her turn around and drive away. And it was like the entire world just like crumbled on top of me. It was like, I, mm-hmm. it was, I, it was like, I was thinking of the most random. I was thinking of like, Oh my God, how awful is it for the drug addicts? Is How awful is it for folks who lost babies? Like I was just thinking of every possible painful thing that had ever happened to anyone in the entire world, like war, famine, and hunger. And it was just like, all of it was just like flooding. Um, and you know, then it, goes away like it just subsides you know kind of you deal with it you push through it you walk with it and then it goes away for a while <laughs> yeah for a bit and, and it's you know we've talked about it on the show too like that's 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 why you have to wait until bob the big orange ball comes up the next yeah. day yep. because if you quit at night yeah i mean it's just you're doing the wrong thing it's you really are because quitting at night is i mean it's just it's what our bodies want us to do it's what our minds want us to do everything is telling you this is to you gotta go lay down and sleep what are you doing so yeah, it's like, like you just have to been... fight through it there's there's no other way you just have to fight through it um okay so what do you think was the most interesting task out of all these tasks you did at the 2014 2015 death race i mean the barefoot hike was a real kick in the ovaries um yes. I mean, like 30 miles of barefoot hiking through the wilderness. Like a long hike. I, um, you know, I was in Lake Tahoe last weekend and we were carrying a kayak 
out into the lake and it's like maybe six feet of rocks. And I was like almost crying. And I, and I actually, I was like, Jess, you know, I did that death race. We did a, like a 30 mile hike barefoot. She's like, what, where, like on the paved road. I was like, no, like in the forest. And I was just thinking to myself, like, God, how did I do that? Like, how did any of us do that? How did anyone do that? Like, it yeah. was, it's hard to believe that you're capable of that, even though you know you've done it. Like, right. hard to think that that was a thing. And <laughs> like, they will put yourself in that place when, you, when you're doing yeah. it. So yeah, like, yeah. And then you get out of it and you're like, wait, did I really? How? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what was, I guess that was the most interesting. What was the most difficult? Was that also or no? No, that damn mud. That fucking the mud. Yeah, getting you sucked into uh, it. Like quicksand. Yeah, work. yeah, and that was like that was my breaking point of like what I you know watching other people just like walk through it. I'm like, what? What? What's on your fucking shoes? Like, what are you wearing? Why can you just walk through this and I just get stuck? Like, and that's like the feeling of like being like you just can't you can't muscle your way out of it. You can't endure your way out of it. You can't just like settle in and like let time pass because you're you know standing in and mud. So, um, I think that was the most difficult for me, which is crap because it was like three feet, you know, like it yeah. was like three feet of the, of the damn course. And I was, oh, you know, <laughs> that's wild. Uh, so what, what do you, um, what do you do to sustain yourself with these things? What were you, what was your food options? Um, it was a mix between, Mm, now it's basically like if you left an eight-year-old in a truck stop for like an hour whatever they pick out is what i put in my face so whatever the furthest from food was you know like people were trying to give me like pro bars like i have friends that are like i eat all organic nutrition and here's an avocado and i'm like no i want some fritos and i want three snicker bars and some fun dip and six dr peppers um so yeah carbs and I think at the I think the 2015 one I was off meat, uh, so I was I wasn't eating meat. So I think it was just I mean it was like whatever the highest calorie lowest weight thing was. So potato chips, so just like crushed up potato chips, and um, Coca Cola. Nice. <laughs> and then water and then noon and noon. I swear to God, those little noon tablets, those little like amazing lifesavers. Um, and I don't they don't pay me to say that, but I think everyone on our team at some point it was like when you just like you just got smashed with something. You're like, God, what is that feeling? It's like, put one of these, like take one of these, chew it up. It's like, it's horribly and fizzy and really like, super tart. But then it's like 20 minutes later, you're like, wow, wow, that really worked. Like, um, well, you just straight up. That chew was, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, cause we didn't have any water. <laughs> I think we were out of water at that point. <laughs> That's amazing. I have not tried yeah. that ever, but I do love noon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was your favorite thing that you ate? Snicker bars. Snicker bars. Oh, yeah. I love some nice. Snicker bars. Nice. Um, I think I packed like six or seven of those in there. There you go. Um, did you hallucinate at all? Not that I remember. Um, no. I huh? I think I was um, during the, the, the part where I was like just listening for a voice and like just I it, so it wasn't really I wasn't hallucinating things I was like not seeing them I was like mm-hmm. the opposite of hallucinating so like I remember standing next to this guy and I just kept touching his shoulder because I was like just make sure he's there like make sure this is real like that's a human body you're a human body <laughs> like that's a voice that's a human voice um so it was kind of the opposite of of hallucination reverse hallucinations 
Yeah. yeah, you're just trying to see that, make sure that life was, everything was still yeah, going yeah. on. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, how'd you handle the controlled, or how would you handle, let me rephrase that again, how do you handle the controlled chaos of the death race? I mean, just embrace it. Like, I mean, that cliche of embracing the suck, you just... Yeah. I mean, know that it's, I mean, one, like someone told me they can't, they can't stop time. Like, time will pass. This will end. Um, and just embrace it. Like, fight. I mean, you have to have the energy to endure it. You can't waste any energy on trying to fight it. You know, you just don't, you don't have the, those fucks to give. Like, you right. only have, you can only, like, care about keeping yourself alive and, you know, mentally sane and not quitting. Like, all of your focus is there. You just can't think about any of the other stuff. Yeah, that's good advice. Um, if you were to pick like your top three most essential pieces of gear for the for the death race, what would they have been? Or what, I mean, I'd say my shoes, but yeah, they took those. <laughs> they took those away. So <laughs> yeah, um, uh, noon definitely noon. Um, I know that's food, not gear. Um, a um, filtration. So so we had a. Uh, UV, one of the UV oh, yeah, thing. Oh yeah, pen. Yeah, um, yeah, but it was the now it was the Camelback, Camelback okay. um, bottle. Okay. So either that or a filtration system is critical because yeah. you have to have water. Yeah, some um, sort of water filtration. Yeah, and then gear, good gear. I mean, for me, it's like a sports bra and some silkies, um, knee pads. I didn't have knee pads. I would have oh. killed for some knee pads. Yeah, because I mean, my my knees were like puffy and disgusting for like a week afterwards. Like, where people would stop me on the street and be like, "Is that? Are you okay? Like, did you did someone take like, your kneecaps out?" Um, so for all the crawling, um, knee pads would have been a would have been crucial. Yeah, I remember. I recall my knees being pretty nasty after 2014. Some crawling, some shins like skin yeah. being torn off, and yeah, that was just yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a good yeah. one. Um, so what would you consider like the defining moment for you at either of these races? Mm, I mean, the first one would be when I, when I quit, I think, cause it was like crystal clear what, you know, I went there with no real intentions. Um, but it, it became crystal clear of what, like what was worth it and what was it, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. So much of endurance athletes like will always tell you like never quit, never quit, never quit. I don't believe that. Um, I believe never quit is how you can end up in the hospital and never quit is how you waste your time. Like if you if you you know have this goal that you're gonna run a hundred miler and you're not a runner and it's not fun and the only reason you're doing it is because someone said it, think about what you're missing out on. Like what do you you know, is there a triathlon that you would love and enjoy and be and feel challenged by? So you know, quitting to me is always an option. Um, if you do it for the right reasons. And, and that for me was like, yeah, like I stand by that decision because it was like, this is not, this is not how I want to spend my time. Like, this is not how I want to spend my time or my energy. And you know, this is done. And then I agree with that too. I want to add like, cause I think a lot of people will just be like, Oh, I have to do this hard thing because like this other person did this hard thing and now I need to do yeah. it. So I, it's like, but do you actually care about it? To, is this actually yeah. something you're interested yeah. in? Is yeah, it yeah. going to bring you joy? If it I, is, then yeah, go do it. But if it's not going to yeah. like, if you're just doing it to check some sort of box, it may not be the box that you need to check. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And you yeah. may be wasting your talents, your joy, your time. Like 
and yeah. you know, I, I, I started out by saying that like, sometimes you just do things and now I'm saying like, just doing things for no reason is stupid. Um, so there's like a, there's a balance there, you know, there's like, yeah. it, it's okay to like try things, but w- that you may or may not like, but it's also okay to quit and find something different. Like that's, I mean, that's just an efficiency thing. Like that's yeah. just a finding, finding your place. So, and then the second one, I mean, I think, I think when she like stopped and pulled me out of the water, like it, it was, and you know, and, and Dave did the same thing, but it was just like, I started my running in this very arrogant preteen. I don't need anyone. I'm going to do this because it's something I can do on my own. And that's just has not been the case for me with running with any of my running. Um, it has never been alone. Um, even if I'm physically alone. And I, I think that those moments where it was like, it was a reminder of like, you, you, other people may be able to do this solo, but you can't Maggie, like you, you need other people. And like, that's fine. That's okay. Because you, you know, you, you have other people, other people are willing to help you just make sure that you turn around and help other people when they need it too. And that, and like that to me was like the, you know, the, the defining moment of the race of, of how, how you should approach that race, how you should approach any, I mean, anything in life really is, is to help when you can and to ask when you can't, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's like, and that's the thing, like there's so much teamwork needed in everything. It's just mm-hmm. like, that, and mm-hmm. like once you realize that it, you're a lot more successful, a lot more things. Yeah. 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 And just a lot more humble. Like it's just, a, yeah. it's just a better way to live your life. Yeah. Like, you know, on a team. Absolutely. And I, I say this as someone who struggled with that for a very long time because I was an only child and gymnast and, you know, all the, all the solo things, but like, as you learn how to work with teams and you start working with them, you're like, Oh my God, like so great distributing responsibility. Wow. This is awesome. (laughs) This is how societies flourish from an academic standpoint. Like this is why we've advanced. Yeah. Um, so where do you think, the courage comes from to do all this. I mean, like to go and do the Marine Corps, to go and do uh, running across America, to go and do death races. Where does the courage come from? Um, I don't know if it's courage, uh, but no one ever told me I couldn't. Um, you know, there there are people that are like fueled by the haters. You know, it's like oh, when someone tells me I can't do it, that makes me want to do it even more. I have been lucky for whatever reason to not have that. Um, I mean, I had parents that. I don't think my mom or dad ever told me I couldn't do something. I, except for like date boys and like stay out late. But like, <laughs> if I, if I, you know, I wanted to be a model at some point and my dad's not, we were not, you know, pretty girls to my dad, but he was like, yeah, if you want to do it, like it was never, I was never told like, you can't do that. You shouldn't do that. That's too hard. Um, no matter what I wanted to do, whatever crazy idea, like I had, it was like, okay, honey, that, that sounds great. You know, like, let us know. Um, so I, I think that's a, I think that's a huge thing. And especially for girls that were constantly told, like, don't be careful. Don't do that. Don't get hurt. Like, um, especially when it comes to physicality, you know, like you don't climb that tree. Like, Oh my God, be careful. Like, Oh my God, are you okay? Like, don't fall down. And I just, I never had that. Like it was always, I was never told what I couldn't do. Um, and so I just didn't know. I just never knew, that's... like it never occurred to me. That's so great. Like, this is hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's true. Cause like when we, when we, think about it right uh, women in general are told to be like humble they're told to like that they can't do things especially for a very long time like it's i'm yeah. so excited right now seeing so many women you know breaking fkts and like 
beating the men, yeah. right? Like, cause it's like, there was a time, you know, a hundred years ago or whatever, when women were starting to try to run and like, they were told you can't run, like it's, it's not yeah. good for you. You can't do Your that. Like, gonna fall. Yeah. 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 Like and all that. Sh- it's like such, it's just, I love that you were able to be raised in such a way that you were able to have that like opportunity because like, that's awesome. Right. And like, now you're going to be able to inspire all these other women that are growing up and it's super cool. The Legend of the Death Race podcast is brought to you by Trail Toes, the best anti-blister, anti-chafing cream there is. Trail Toes prevented me from having any blisters after 66 hours at the 2014 Death Race and continues to prevent blisters on all my mountain adventures. Get your jar of Trail Toes today. Use the code THELEGEND on trailtoes.com for 10% off your purchase. And don't forget to visit the Legend of the Death Race shop where you can grab a Memento Mori t-shirt or poster as a reminder to live your best life. Just visit legendofthedeathrace.com slash shop. What wisdom did you gain from doing these death races? Um, I think the ability to just go with it, to just do like to do the unknown. Um, I, I think that that's the, especially on that second one, you know, like I said, to look back and to think I did that was like insane. Um, and at some point like was leading the race, like leading male and female. I mean, granted it was the school part and I'm a nerd. So like, that's kind of my, but it was like one of those things of, I am not an like, I'm not a pro athlete. I'm never going to be a pro athlete. I'm never going to like win a race. I'm never going to have a six pack, um, because I like cake. Um, but it was like one of those things of like, a great equalizer, you know, of like with, mm-hmm. with team rides, with teammates and with, like, it was nice to know, like, I deserve to be here too, you know? And it was death race running, ultra running. It's one of those things that it's just like, there's so much winning for everyone, you know, like it's not, there's just so much opportunity to succeed for everyone that that's like a really cool thing for me to find. Cause you, you just get to drop some of that competitiveness. Like when you feel like you belong, when you feel like you can compete competing doesn't seem that important anymore because you're, you're confident, like you're confident in what, you know, I think that's something that runners do a lot. Of, oh, well, what's your fastest time or what's your farthest distance or what, you yeah. know, and it's like, you don't need to do that anymore. You don't need to brag. You don't need to give your resume, your running resume in the first five minutes anymore. If you're just confident in what you've done and the effort you've put in and in your own capabilities and your own joy. Um, and there's just something really uh, free about that. Yeah, absolutely. That's nice. That's nice. A uh, little token to take from it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's that appreciate your shoes yeah yeah definitely because <laughs> walking barefoot is not fun i mean i never did 30 miles uh but you know the virginia winter green eight miles i was like okay this sucks this sucks um do you think you would do it again now that it's back no i don't think so um I have other like other goals, right? So, you know, yeah. trying to cross all, all 50 states like is is kind of a priority now, which needs to take all my my mental, physical and financial resources. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Like if it was like a special, it, I mean, I, yeah, if, if one of my friends, if like Eric called me up the other day, like the, tomorrow, I was like, I want to do the death race again. Come do it with me. I'd be like, oh, yeah, sure. Um, but I don't think I would seek it out. No. Yeah, yeah, I feel you on that. 
I feel like I'm in the same boat. It's like if someone drags me in, I can probably be dragged in. But if yeah. it's like it's voluntary, crazy. like I want to go climb all these mountains, like I got things to do. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like, um, cool. So uh, I always like to ask this towards the end of the show. Uh, if there's any books that you would recommend to our listeners that could help them get in the right headspace to you know, do a death race or any endurance race for that matter, um, what would those book or books be? Yeah. So, I mean, I like anything by Scott Jurek. I think that he's got, um, kind of a, a less aggressive, less type a masculine. I know Dave Groggins is like the rage now, but that, that doesn't work for me that like, look at the book up, like, give me something I can work with, you know, give mm-hmm. me a quote or a, you know, something Buddha said once. Um, so I think Scott's got a little bit more like straightforward, um, way of approaching things, which I really like. The book that I really liked by the jerk, um, Eric Greetings, um, Resilience is is a fan favorite. I, I gave that to probably 10 of my friends before I realized okay. that he was a sexual predator. Oh, um, I didn't know yeah. that about that, but yeah. Yeah, he like tied a woman up and took um, took photos when he was a governor for of Missouri. Um, also oh. stole some nonprofit um, databases. So yeah, he had a... He, your heroes can fall real fast. But what's funny about is, is he actually writes in that book about how you can have role models that do crappy things and you can acknowledge the crappy things they do and still get their lessons. So it was like somewhat poetic that, you know, he gives yeah. the advice that allows me to still, you know, like his book. I'm not buying any more of them, but I'll right. I mean, maybe that's, or a huge that's, copy. That's probably why he put that in there. Cause it's just yeah, some, self, cause some self-realization. <laughs> yeah. He knew at some point like he was going to disappoint everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I mean, that one talks a lot about, um, Victor Frankl's man search for meaning, which isn't really a running book. It's, it's just about um, but that running to me is so good. Right. Like, right. So everyone, everyone should read that book. Yeah. And it's one of those things that like puts it in perspective because I think sometimes ultra athletes can take themselves a little too seriously yep. and they be like, Oh, I survived the death race. Cool. But you weren't actually at a risk of dying. Um, you volunteered for that. This is definitely a reflection of a postmodern, like first world country problem, right? Like you voluntarily went out and like suffered. Some people are doing that to make, their living um and some people are doing that against their will so i think it puts it in perspective to know that like wherever you're at however miserable it is like you're lucky to be there and so you know just chill out with like the over aggressive macho nonsense Um, i think i think i I want to touch on that real quick because like that is it's a very interesting thing right like we do this race we are so freaking privileged that we we get to have the we have the opportunity to spend what four or five hundred dollars whatever it is to sign up and suffer like what what is wrong with like how did, how did we all get to this point and like that's kind of like why i want to do like more research on this whole topic because it just doesn't make yeah. sense but yeah. uh i just wanted to touch on that real quick because it's like it, it, we are so damn privileged and it's just something we all have to acknowledge because there's people that have to do these things mm-hmm. like these really awful types of things like go and gather their water or go uh, and yeah. you know it's, it's like all these things it just and it doesn't even come close to like the things that we yeah. did in this race, and we just yeah. have to acknowledge that and realize yeah. that we have it really damn good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we like I was I was doing a hike once. We got lost. Um, it was a different hike out in California. It got lost in the desert. I was with this guy who, um, you know, is like, let's just call it. Let's go like hike up a little bit, set up camp, watch the sunrise. I'm like, that sounds great. So we're up there, and he's like telling me his life story, and it's like 
I won't reshare the whole thing, but it's just like, this guy has just had hardship after hardship after hardship in his life. And I looked at him like, what the fuck are you doing out here? Like, if you want to suffer, go home, like go like it. And it was one of those things of like, he was doing it to learn how to deal with all of those other things. And so that put it in perspective to me of like, the only reason, the only really truly humble reason to do this stuff is so that you can be a better person. So you can be a better citizen, you can be a better, you know, partner, you can be a better mother, father, all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, there's some people have to like bleed a little to get those lessons. Um, but yeah, yes, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I think I probably was like a slightly, uh, you know, privileged and entitled kid coming out of college and then doing something like this really, really shifted perspective. And, yeah. um, it, 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 it just, it resets everything. It, it's, yep. it, yep. Joe's talked about it to Senna, you know, the whole reframing, you know, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. all that. It's, 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 it's powerful. Sorry. Yeah. So go ahead. I think it was another book that you were going to. Yeah. Like, three more, two more running one in okay. um, endurance um, by Hutchinson, Alex Hutchinson, I think. And then peak mm-hmm. performance, which is really cool. It's more, they're more scientific. Wait, so in, you're, oh, oh, endure by Alex Hutchinson. Endure. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. I, so I, was like, I was like, wait, is endurance by Alfred Lansing or is it? Endure? No, no, no. But, yeah. Oh yeah. No. Is that the one with um, the ship? Yeah, that's the 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 voyage. Yeah, so, do you uh, that in 2014 when you had to come down and they asked how many testicles that Lord Shackleton had. Yeah, um, I read that book. It was very dry and boring, but God, they're incredible that they survived that. Um, yeah. But yeah, endure by Hutchinson and then peak performance, and then I love anything by Bart Manson. Um, he's got a subtle art of not giving a fuck. That's all about kind of the Stoics. Um, he's got one that's like love is not enough. That's just amazing for me in terms of not just like romantic um, relationships, but like friendships and just working on yourself. So anything by Mark Manson is, is gold in my book. Yeah. Yeah. His stuff's really, really good. And it's, it's that stoic philosophy stuff that, uh, really, really helps with life and these events, getting through them. It's yeah. knowing when to give a fuck and when not. Yeah. And that's, and, and, that, and that's what principle. I like. Yeah. That's what I like about Mark Manson is you get a lot of folks that's like they they interpret the Stoics as a ignore all pain, don't feel anything, like push it all down. And Mark's like, no, 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 like, that's never gonna work. No, to be to like to really truly embrace that philosophy, you have to like acknowledge what you're feeling, feel it, and then like move the fuck on. Like mm-hmm. you're not tough by ignoring your your problems, like you're weak because you're running from them, and eventually yeah. they will they will crush you one way or another. They will crush you. But like, um, it's not quite as um, poetic. But the fault in our stars, the the pre the young adult novel where they say like pain demands to be felt. Like I truly believe that. And he talks about like just just let it in. Like don't be afraid of it. Like feel you know. And I think that we have this, especially with young boys, we teach them like don't cry, don't feel anything. Like you push it down, shove it away. Like it's gonna come up one way or another. It's gonna manifest in anger or depression or alcoholism. Yeah, and I, I think, it, and that's what, why we have like such a fractured, you know. Yeah, yeah. So a lot, just, a lot, a lot so of issues like, because we've told so many men for so many years. Yep. You can't cry. Like if you cry, you are, you know, a pansy and this and that. And like no, yeah. you can't no, that is a anything. normal yeah. like emotional thing yep. to have, yep. and it is yep. good to express it and then move on. Like yeah, yeah. but it's okay yeah. to like acknowledge it and it, you know like yeah. recognize it. You can either deal with it for five minutes like a healthy adult and move on, or you can shove it aside for 50 years until you, you know, have liver disease because you're dying alone in the bottle of whiskey. Like, you know, yeah, yeah you can't like just deal with it. That's the tough way to do it. You can't deal with it if you can't acknowledge it or feel it. Yeah. 
And I, I hope the guys that are listening, especially like if you've ever been one of these guys that thinks that you can't cry or something, let me tell you something. You're wrong. Uh, I've cried a lot, especially the past few years, and it is good. It's therapeutic, and I don't give a damn what you say. <laughs> I'm with you. I support so, this. <laughs> yeah. Um, awesome. Those are all some great books, and uh, I've read most of them. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, those are great. But I haven't, I, re- Resilience I have not, Peak Performance I have not, so I'll have to check those out. And I've, I've only read the one from Mark Manson, so I'm going to check out the other ones. So, Thanks for sharing those. Thank you so much, Maggie, for sharing your incredible legend. And uh, I want to ask you, is there anything else that's coming up other than the 50 states? Is that is that the big thing? And when is that starting? <laughs> um, well, it's already started, so I'm on okay. state. Um, I think I've done 18 states. So okay. af- after the transcon, um, they're not all in, in order, right? Because I, I do have to contribute to society in other ways, I guess. Um, but Michigan is next. So Michigan is in September. And then we'll I'll take a break for about a year because um, I'm actually pregnant. So I'll be having a baby in February. Oh, and goodness. so, yeah, um, I don't know if I can, you know, be running across states at, at eight, nine months pregnant. I think that's, yeah, that's uh, probably not go. the best. Okay. Yeah, best idea. something about a center of gravity. Yeah. This kid's going to come out with running shoes saying, no, I'm done. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I'll, I'll take a year off. I'll get to and then um, sometime over the next five, 10 years in between, you know, taking leave from work or, or whatever, getting a driver, I'm going to try to get the rest of them out. But the goal is the goal is in the next, I guess, six years. So just to finish by the time I'm 40. Um, but this is a really big country. Uh, it's a big country. Just visiting the States has like been my goal. And I, I've done most of that, but to actually run across them like that's just, yeah. it's a lot. Yeah. But that's yeah. huge. And I, I can't wait to see how that turns out for you because that's, that's pretty cool. That's yeah, yeah, I'm excited. But it's so and it's so good to set these types of goals too, right? Like these these longer term goals. A lot of people always talk, yeah. talk about these shorter term goals where it's like, okay, I'm gonna do this thing, and then like, you know, you finish that in like what a couple months or whatever, and then it's like, now what? But when you yeah. set these really nice big ones that are long and you don't plan on it like you know yeah. being a short process, it's so good because then you just constantly yeah. have some commitment. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, yeah, it, I mean, it's so cool because like. God, this country is so diverse, land, people, food, like music, culture, everything. Oh gosh, yeah. And it's just like, you think about hiking the PCT in Washington, and then you think about running across like Louisiana Bayou, and you're like, this is the same country. And that is so cool. And like you said, you know, I'm lucky it's to be so able to different. do it. Yeah. I mean, it's just everything, everything. It's like an entirely different country. And it's just so cool to be able to do that. Um, I mean, I would love to take off like two years and, and, troll about in my van and do it but you know i got work is is uh, also a passion of mine so we'll we'll get it done we'll you'll get it you'll get it done one bite at a time yeah yeah that's awesome well thank you again so much for being on the show and stay tuned for more legends from past death racers if you like what you're hearing please leave us a review this really helps the podcast move up the rankings so we can reach even more humans also please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and if you find you really enjoy what we're doing, consider becoming a sustaining member by clicking the link in the show notes. Just a quick reminder, My Legend, The Legend of the Death Race book is now available. Visit legendofthedeathrace.com book to order your copy today. Thank you again for tuning in. If you'd like to stay up to date on my current adventures and training, you can follow me on Instagram or Facebook. 
just search the handle at That Endurance Guy or visit thatenduranceguy.com. We'll see you next time on the Legend of the Death Race podcast. Now go create your own legend. <laughs>